Coming to DARPA is like grabbing the nose cone of a rocket and holding on for dear life. DARPA's a place where if you don't invent the internet, you only get a B. A DARPA program manager quite literally invents tomorrow. Coming to work every day and being humbled by that. DARPA is not one person or one place. It's a collection of people that are excited about moving technology forward. Hello, and welcome to Voices from DARPA. I'm your host, Tom Shortridge. People know DARPA as a place of innovation for a myriad of scientific and technological breakthroughs. But what you might not know is that DARPA is constantly changing. Our program managers, or PMs as we call them, literally have expiration dates on their badges because nobody is a permanent DARPA employee. We need constant infusion of new ideas to stay innovative. We're always examining the ways we do things to make sure they're as effective and efficient as possible, or if we need to try something completely new. In a nutshell, we want to innovate how we innovate. For a really cool example of this, I'm going to queue up a clip from the DARPA Forward Conference event in Colorado in August of 2022, where DARPA Director Dr. Stephanie Tompkins made this announcement. The DARPA Innovation Fellowship, two-year, Salaried position, on-site, with a whole lot of travel, at DARPA in Arlington, Virginia. During their two years at DARPA, the fellows will push the limits of existing technology through rapid exploration and analysis of a high volume of promising new ideas. The fellows are going to be focusing really hard on answering high-risk, high-reward, what-if questions and assessing the impact of further investment in those questions and those problems to the Department of Defense. We see these fellowships as a really great way for future scientific thought leaders to have the opportunity to make connections across an extraordinarily rich technology-focused network that includes DARPA program managers, but also the entire DARPA performer community. Now, fellowships themselves aren't a new thing for DARPA. The DARPA Service Chiefs Fellows Program provides outstanding military officers and government civilians insight into cutting-edge technology while potentially facilitating the development of future DARPA technologies. Again, we're trying different venues to spark and nurture innovation. But the Innovation Fellowship, that's new. I'll let Dr. Janendra Ranka, Director of DARPA's Defense Sciences Office, or DSO, which oversees the Innovation Fellowship Program, explain. It is an opportunity for early career scientists to spend two years at DARPA. It's not a fellowship that we sponsor outside, but we want to seed the next generation of PMs. We want to seed it with people that are coming out of their PhD program to understand that need for national service, that need to look at that four to five year timeline to demonstrate what's possible for them to take risks. The Innovation Fellowship isn't a shorter version of the tours DARPA program managers do, nor is it an internship. Rather, as Dr. Ranka explains, it's an opportunity to develop and manage a portfolio of high-impact exploratory efforts. His goal is to grow the program to approximately 32 PhD graduates who have finished their studies within the last five years and who bring diverse real-world experience to DARPA. We'd like to get a mix of operational folks, people who were on the field, who understand how that technology is used, who understand what the problems that they face are. So we're also including military cohorts, hopefully another military active duty individual. And we're also looking at potentially one year sabbatical at DARPA. Dr. Ranka makes clear the compelling reasons for targeting this highly specific demographic. 
they bring something very different than the seasoned PMs who arrive at DARPA with well-established career experience. We need the people. The people are the core of DARPA. They're the ones that come in with the imagination. They're the ones that drive that technology to the limit that we need. So why are we targeting this early career group? Most DARPA PMs, as you can tell, we're a little further along in our careers. We have a huge amount of experience developing the technologies, um, working on the programs, being on the operational stage. But this group itself, the young career group, they understand the technology well. They're the ones that we sponsor in grad school to build what we demonstrate to all those things that you see that are just phenomenally amazing. They're the ones who developed for us. They know what it, what's happening. And paradigm shifts often come from this group because they're not biased. They haven't had the failures over and over again. They aren't biased in towards what they think will succeed. And it also allows us to bring a long-term pool of diverse talent that can focus on national security. Fast forward to today, and we've already got our first two cohorts of innovation fellows working on site at DARPA. On this episode, we'll be hearing from the first cohort, which launched in January 2023. So let's start with some introductions. Dr. Rebecca Schmiel received her Bachelor of Arts in Chemistry and Environmental Studies from Colby College and her doctorate from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology and the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institution in Marine Biogeochemistry. Her research focused on the interactions between trace metal nutrients and marine phytoplankton. When I came to DARPA, I had just graduated as a chemical oceanographer. So I was traveling all around the world, Antarctica, the middle of the Pacific Ocean, doing these long expeditions and figuring out what was in the water and, and why it was there and what was going on with the chemistry of the ocean. I was really drawn to DARPA because I wanted to dedicate my career to answering these big scale questions in science and technology. I also wanted to do something with my PhD that wasn't necessarily exactly the track of becoming an academic scientist or a faculty member. Dr. Alex Place received his Bachelor of Science in Physics from the California Institute of Technology and his doctorate in electrical and computer engineering and materials science from Princeton University. His dissertation focused on improving the lifetimes of superconducting qubits, the building block of many industrial quantum computing efforts. I loved my field of quantum information as I was in grad school, but it was getting a little bit stale. And one of the big reasons why I wanted to come to DARPA was to be able to use it as a, a way to branch out to a couple of other fields. I'm really using DARPA as a way to pivot towards robotics or towards sustainable energy. And there are a couple different directions that I'm trying to go. And DARPA is a great place not only to explore, but then also to get started on those new fields. Lieutenant Krishnan Rajagopalan is a qualified explosive ordnance disposal technician and Navy diving officer. He received a Bachelor of Science in Operations Research from the U.S. Naval Academy and a Master of Science in Operations Research from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, where he was an MIT Lincoln Laboratory military fellow. Being in the military, we have officers kind of rotate and change jobs every uh, couple of years. I was looking at ways that I could kind of broaden my aperture. I've spent the past several years focused on a specific kind of domain within the Navy and a specific kind of problem set. And I wanted to see how I could zoom out a little bit and see how that mission and that area fit in with other problems facing kind of the national security environment. And last but not least, Dr. Allegra A. Beal Cohen earned her doctorate degree from the University of Florida as a National Science Foundation Graduate Research Fellow, where she modeled intra-household bargaining and social norms in agriculture. 
She earned her Bachelor of Science degree in Symbolic Systems from Stanford University. I heard about the fellowship because I was a postdoc on a DARPA program. And the PM sort of nudged me and said, hey, you might be interested in this. And I went for it because of this idea that once you get to DARPA, the floor is open, the sky is blue, right? You're able to do whatever you think needs to be done to solve some problem. And I, I think it's probably a common story for fellows that we, we have been in the weeds working on the technology that represents the sort of cutting edge. And we have ideas about where that should go. So now you've met the fellows, but you're probably asking, what do they, you know, do? Well, to start that conversation, here's Dr. Ranka again. The second part of it is ideas. Again, we need people, we need ideas. There are lots of ideas in the world. A few of them are good, but a true DARPA idea is really rare. But in order to find that true DARPA idea, we have to sort through lots and lots of ideas. For every 100 we see, if we're lucky, we'll find one great DARPA idea. We have 100 program managers to find those ideas. We have our performers to bring those ideas for, to us. And that's really important. We rely on the performers to be our eyes and ears to tell us what is possible. But there are lots of ideas out there. There are lots and lots of ideas out there. And we need to keep pace with this rapidly evolving world in order to find the next generation ideas. So how do we do that? We're starting another program, which we called Advanced Research Concepts, ARCs. This is an experiment. The experiment is, can we capture and evaluate ideas quickly and do this in a very rigorous fashion to find those true rare DARPA ideas? We're going to launch a number of topics each year. In each topic, we're going to ask a question. We're going to ask this what if question. What if I could accomplish something? What does it enable? What can we get from that? We're going to ask that specific question on a topic of interest to DSO that we think there is a possibility there. So long story short, the innovation fellows are in charge of the advanced research concepts or ARCs. The way that we get ideas sort of into the pipeline starts with these really interdisciplinary conversations. And then there's a lot of legwork to be done. So we go talk to people, we talk to PMs, to experts in the field. And then the most important thing is to ask the right question that will push the community of researchers in the direction that you want them to go. But of course, with the ARCs, the idea is we don't necessarily know which directions we should be going to. So there's this sort of balance between a very precise question and leaving it open for a broad range of technological exploration. It's really cool to be able to brainstorm with people who are coming from a completely different background as you are. That's where the really brilliant ideas come from. With Krish, our active service innovation fellow, he has such a different set of experiences. Getting to hear his experiences, getting to hear the problems that he's facing, and then just brainstorming the craziest of solutions with him. We'll talk for hours, and sometimes our eyes will just light up, and we'll just go over and give each other a big high five and be like, dude, that's it. This is where we should go. I think it goes back to those different sets of experiences and different perspectives that people bring to the table. And the, the military has a broad spectrum of that as well. But I think from the recent PhD grads that I get to work with, from what I imagine, they spent the, the last several years really focused in on a specific problem and have developed such incredible skills in being able to precisely define that problem and to be able to explain it to other people. So you've got a team of folks to work with. They will be able to kind of support you and fill some of those knowledge gaps that might exist. 
But moreover, you bring a different kind of perspective to the table and being able to understand how these problems are applied and what they're applied to. So you can apply kind of what you've learned so far in the military about how to, how to learn and adapt and figure out what's important to you know, being a successful innovation fellow. That raises an important question. What does it take to be an innovation fellow? As far as requirements go, there's the recent PhD stipulation. For the most part, you need to have earned your PhD within the last five years. Active duty military with STEM degrees can also apply for the fellowship. In exceptional cases, DARPA may consider bachelor or master's level candidates with STEM degrees. Since DARPA is part of the U.S. Department of Defense, fellows must be U.S. citizens, and if you're selected, you must be able to obtain and maintain a security clearance. But assuming you meet those qualifications, what are the qualities of a successful innovation fellow? I'll let the fellows answer that. You really need to be able to be self-directed. There's a lot of room for a lot of different directions to go within the fellowship, and the beauty of it is we don't have anybody breathing down our neck telling us which direction to go. We really have a lot of time to be able to be clever, to be creative, and to think in divergent directions. But the flip side of that is, if you're not somebody who's self-directed, then you're going to find it kind of terrifying. On the other hand, if you're like me, I find it absolutely thrilling, and this is exactly where I want to be. I think the most important quality a fellow needs to be successful is the ability to look at problems from a lot of different angles. So we deal with learning about a lot of different technology, applying it to different domains. I have recently learned all about quantum physics, which is not at all my background. But there's something really valuable about having fellows with many different backgrounds sort of transferring abstract thinking to very concrete problems. So I was talking with Becca the other day about algae growth for carbon capture, and I was thinking about it from an agricultural point of view. She was thinking about it from an oceanographer's point of view. And I think the ability to participate in those conversations is really important. DARPA Innovation Fellows are really encouraged to work on projects both within their field of expertise and outside of their field of expertise in their various interests and across all of the fields of science and technology. For example, my field is in chemical oceanography, and I've done a lot of work in the open oceans, but I was interested in working in critical minerals, critical and strategic metals, and I was able to release a very interesting and important topic in the realm of rare earth elements. Here's a more concrete example, with the fellows describing a small business innovation research topic, or SBIR, and how they came up with it. We recently came up with and released an SBIR on a really cool topic on autonomous robotics behind the front line. But the format kind of came together as a confluence of all of our different backgrounds and what we were all excited about. And we bounced ideas off of each other for about two weeks. And we found some really cool ideas. So I was really excited about robotics, but then Krish came in. Yeah, so I've had, you know, operational experiences in the military using ROVs both on land and underwater. And so I had kind of some thoughts on some of the challenges that I saw recently over the past couple of years. But I've been, I've been working mainly with operators. So I, I haven't had the opportunity to kind of talk to those kind of challenges that I saw with folks coming from these types of academic backgrounds. So when I talked to Allegra about how humans and robotic systems can kind of collaborate with one another, she brought up a lot of great points from her, her research background. Yeah, I think you guys were talking about a lot of problems that are sort of old problems in AI. But the robotics angle brings sort of new light and a lot of excitement there. So it was really good to sort of say, well, people have thought about this, but not necessarily in the ways that you're thinking about it. 
It's also fun to talk to a bunch of PMs that were, for me, outside of my wheelhouse and speak to them about robotics and, and autonomy, the difference between autonomous and true autonomy. It's very interesting. And most importantly, in about two or three weeks, we were able to get out a solicitation for on the order of a couple million dollars. Exciting. Based off our crazy ideas. So what's a typical day like as an innovation fellow? I don't think that there is a typical day. It depends on which arcs you're working on and what stage they're at. We'll probably be working on developing new ideas and topics that push the boundaries of science and technology. A lot of that will be reaching out to various people, both across DARPA and within industry. We're just asking for conversations to see what they're excited about, what they think of some of the ideas that we've been throwing around are, and just getting their honest take. To help refine those ideas, refine what those challenges are. Once the ARCs are released, we get to select the performers who will be working on the ARCs. And then once those performers are locked and loaded, we get to go out and we get to engage with the researchers and try to guide and work with them. And then once the ARCs are over, we're responsible for telling DARPA, did this work? What worked? What should we be doing next? At any given time, we might be working on one to three to four to ten ARCs. And so there really isn't a typical day. And and that's kind of why I came to DARPA. And what's the best part of the fellowship? The best part of the fellowship so far is definitely the people. I love the team that we work with. I really like the other fellows. I like working on a team. I like working not just on my own specific topic, but engaging with everyone. They're really great. They're really cool people. I like the people who support us and the entire office that I'm in. It's been very fun. It's been quite different from being a grad student, kind of trapped in your lab or trapped in the computer. The best part of being at DARPA has just been the very supportive, fun conversations that we've had. Getting to have a crazy idea, get the other fellows together and say, hey, what do you all think of this? And then they'll riff off of it and they'll say, yeah, that's awesome, but what if we tried this? Or they'll say, dude, I've got the exact right person who you should go talk to. Let's get him on the phone. And then we'll be talking to one of the leaders in the field of robotics within a day or two after that. And so just kind of that really fun, supportive environment where we're just hanging out and having a good time. And as a byproduct, we're coming up with a lot of cool ideas. I found the pace to, at DARPA to be probably the fastest that I've seen in my different government roles from an idea development standpoint, idea generation standpoint, seeing that idea actually be at a place where it actually could be executed and moved out on. Definitely that pace is exciting. So to be more specific, the first week I showed up, so while I was still, you know, getting my email access and my computer, I was also getting to start brainstorming this topic on enabling autonomy for military operators. The other thing that I've really enjoyed is the people. In every job that I've had in the Navy so far, I've loved the people I've worked with, and I can say exactly the same thing about here at DARPA. Everyone has such, you know, interesting backgrounds and interesting sets of life experiences. And I feel like I learn so much from every interaction that I have. I think my favorite thing has just been the breadth and the variety of experiences. So every day you talk to somebody who has deep knowledge about something you don't know about. But there's also this intense level of respect and collaboration. It boils down to this feeling that, that we're really all here to try and change something or fix something or push something forward. I came to DARPA because I heard it was a place where people had the chance to change something every day, to change something about the world. And when I got here, I was really pleased to find out that it's true. So we have the autonomy to ask these, these precise questions 
and push research in the directions that we think that it should go. And we have formidable resources backing us up. And I found it a little daunting when I first got here, but now that I've been here for a while, the only thing I can think is finally someone has set the bar high enough. I have not yet been told, no, you can't do that, or no, that's a bad idea, which I, I think is incredibly liberating. It sort of causes, I think, us to feel more responsible for the autonomy that we have. People say that we can do anything, and so what we want to do is the right thing, the really smart thing. If you want to help do those right things, the really smart things, and you're eligible for the fellowship, you can start the application process by submitting a cover letter describing your background and interest in the program and your CV or resume to fellowship at DARPA.mil. Because as Dr. Ranka explains it, we are there to push the limits of technology. It's a difficult journey. There is constant risk of failure, the outcome uncertain. But if you succeed, you can truly change the course of history, the course of technology into ways that we never seen before. That's all for this episode of Voices from DARPA. For more information on the Innovation Fellowship Program, check the show notes or visit darpa.mil. Thanks for listening.